Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host, Stan McCune. I'm a realtor here in Greenville, as you probably already know, and you can reach me uh, via my contact information that is always in the show notes. Go ahead and look it up there if you need to reach out to me for any reason. If you hate the show, if you love the show, if you want to talk about the show, if you want to buy or sell a house, I can help you out. Let me know. Um, and as always, please make sure that you rate and review the show. Um, there is, uh, depending on what app you're using, there's different ways to do that. In the Apple app, you usually have to scroll down a little bit uh, to find where they've got those five stars. You just press the five-star button, leave a little bit of a re- uh, review. That helps the show to get out to more people, and I really appreciate when you guys do that. So please do that as often uh, as you can. Well, if you've already done it, you don't need to do it again. All right, because I've gotten that question from some people. You don't need to do it again. Just do it one time in the app that you're using, and we're good to go. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about appraisers gone wild, uh, because the past few weeks, um, I have lost so much sleep thanks to appraisers, and it's not normally been this way, okay? This is kind of an abnormality uh, for my career, and, and an abnormality, I think, for appraisers as well. And obviously, we're in a a unique market, and there are some challenges. There are a lot of challenges for appraisers in a market like this. We're having a lot of bidding wars, prices going up in unique ways, um, and it it becomes difficult for them when they uh, are trying to make a deal work. And most appraisers do try to make a deal work. They do. They don't want to be the ones that blow up a deal. They don't want that reputation. But at the same time, uh, it's challenging when we're seeing appreciation at levels that we've never seen it before. And if you have someone that is uh, making a small down payment, the appraiser becomes really the the appraisal becomes a really important part of it, because we can typically get appraisals waived if the uh, buyer is making a down payment that's, you know, at least 20%, you know, if they're going up to 25, 30%, usually we can just get the appraisal waived um, if the down payment is that much. Um, but when you have the the standard minimum down payment, 3%, 3.5%, 5%, whatever that may be, depending on the loan product that's being used, um, it becomes... Uh, a very important part of it because that uh, appraisal now determines exactly uh, how the lender deems what the lender deems the home to be worth, and um, and so it, it becomes a challenge when the appraisers are are looking at you know okay, obviously the market is appreciating at a at a tremendous rate right now, um, but they don't want to uh, just artificially put a higher number than they should. They have standards uh, whereby they need to try to ensure that the lender isn't uh, isn't putting more money towards a house than they should and that a buyer isn't buying a house for more money than they should because when that happens, then we can end up back in, in 2008 when we have a, a housing market crash that causes a, a massive worldwide recession. Appraisers are kind of the guardians of uh, that to a certain extent. And they take that, at least in Greenville and Spartanburg, they take that very seriously. Uh, We have very conservative appraisers around here, and they uh, really don't 
want to see home prices going going wild. Well, instead, the appraisers, uh, I feel like, in my opinion, they are the ones that have gone wild, and, and they're in really a unique position. And and by the way, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to get some some uh, negative responses from some appraisers. I'm not trying to to bash appraisers on here, and not all appraisers are the same. Let's let's start with that. There are definitely ones that have a good reputation and definitely ones that have a bad reputation. Um, it's, it's the same way in every business. There are some that are good and some that are bad, and I've had a, a slew of some bad ones. Um, but over the course of my career, I've had a lot of good ones, a lot of ones that that uh, you know that called me up regarding one of my old listings that closed and and asked me questions to try to understand because they're doing an appraisal for someone else. They want to understand my listing a little bit better, and I always help out appraisers when they do that because I I want them to be able to to do their job. I want them to be fully equipped, and if they're going out of their way to contact an agent to try to get more background information on a listing, that's great. That shows me that they're doing a great job. Um, but, um, the past few weeks and, and really the whole year, um, appraisers have been causing me to, uh, to, to lose sleep. And, and as I was starting to say, they're in a unique position, uh, where they are really the only essential cog in a real estate transaction that is functionally, I, I know they're not, com- is, this isn't a hundred percent true, but really functionally, they are immune to performance standards. There, they, yes, there are some certain things in place um, to somewhat make it to where there are performance standards for the for these appraisers. But at the end of the day, they're they're pretty much immune to performance standards. I mean, if a realtor, uh, a lender, an insurance agent, closing attorney, an inspector, etc., if they do a bad job they are going to lose business, right? That is the way this works. If you if you do a bad job, I mean, maybe one time if you do a bad job, that's it's not the end of the world. But if you consistently do a poor job, you are going to lose business. And I mean, we could be sued. Anyone in that part of the transaction could easily be sued. Now, I'm sure that there are ways that appraisers could be sued, um, but I have never heard of that. And I don't see how that could could possibly happen unless they they acted unethically. Uh, us as realtors and and particularly inspectors, uh, lenders, etc., just making a simple mistake could have us in the crosshairs of a of a lawsuit. Um, and that just doesn't happen with appraisers. They make mistakes all the time, and uh, there are basically no ramifications for them for that. Um, they they don't have the same uh, concerns as the rest of us do, and at the end of the day, they are working for the lender. But it's a very unique relationship between the appraisers and the lenders because the lenders only have limited say in terms of what appraisers they work with. Um, they have appraisal management companies that essentially that they go through, and then you know my understanding is it's kind of almost like a lottery system. Um, whereby, you know, the appraiser is selected for the job. Uh, a lender can't just go out and say, we want this appraiser for this job because that's, you know, kind of what was happening back in 2006, 2007. There were some shady things like that going on. And it's part of why uh, the housing market crashed. 
So they've really tightened up. There's very limited communication that a lender uh, can have with an appraiser directly and very little say that they have in terms of what appraiser they work with. Um, and I'm not going to get all into the weeds on that. Uh, lenders aren't completely uh, in the dark and, and completely uh, incapable of, of you know, selecting who the appraisers are. But there is just a lot more degrees of difficulty there uh, to, to basically bring accountability to, uh, to an appraiser because of, of how many uh, different things are in place to prevent lenders from colluding with appraisers. And so that makes appraisers, you know, the god in the transaction. They have very limited accountability, but guess what? They have tons of business. And that's the other thing is that, you know, yeah, lenders, you know, even if a lender terminates an appraiser or wants to terminate an appraiser from their system, um, that's kind of like, you know, cutting off your nose to spite your face because appraisals are getting declined, are backed up by weeks. Um, it's it's insane what's happening because of, of how much it's going on in the market and because, you know, at the end of the day, we don't have enough appraisers right now to handle all the work that's happening. Um, and I don't know if it's still the same, but I, I looked it up uh, years and years ago. This was before I was a realtor. I was looking up, you know, what it would take to become an appraiser. And it's it takes, uh, you know, uh, several years of being an apprentice, uh, not making a whole lot of money. And, you know, it's, it's not super easy to get started in it. But then once you get started in it, you're rolling, right? In, in theory. But I think because of, of how difficult it is right at the beginning that a lot of people don't go that direction. They don't go the direction of becoming an appraiser because who wants to be an apprentice for a few years? Again, I haven't checked recently if that's uh, still the case with the process, but I'm assuming that it is because not a whole lot changes, uh, you know, down in this area. They tend to keep these real estate things. If anything, they become stricter. They don't tend to become less strict. Um, now, I saw with regard to the amount of work that appraisers have today, I, I saw a Facebook thread actually just yesterday with some appraisers where they were saying they're turning down five to 10 appraisals per day. These are multiple appraisers turning down five to 10 appraisals per day. So what does that tell me? That tells me they are way too busy. And guess what happens when people are really busy and basically they are immune to performance standards? Have you ever been to the one restaurant on, uh, you know, on an exit in a really long stretch you know, and this is this is the first opportunity that people have had uh, in in you know perhaps an hour, hour and a half of driving to get out, stretch your legs, grab a sandwich, use the restroom. What typically happens to that one restaurant? It's the only restaurant in this this long stretch, um, and and it's the you know basically immune to performance standards, right? Because they have no competition. Um, and they have a lot of business because people that are driving on this highway need a place to stop and get something to eat, need a place to stop and use the bathroom. Are those places typically good or are those places typically not so good? Um, we all know the answer to that. Typically those places, they're not good. They don't need to be. 
They don't need to be good. They've got business regardless of whether the bathrooms are clean. They've got business regardless of, of whether you know the person at the front counter is sneezing all over the food. It doesn't matter for them. Go on there and leave them a bad Yelp review. Who cares? The next person that is hungry and needing to use the bathroom on that long stretch, they're still they're not going to be looking at Yelp to see, oh, uh, is this restaurant a good restaurant or not? No, they've got to use the bathroom. They're hungry. They're thirsty. They're just going to pull over and just eat the sneezed upon uh, sandwich. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. Um, another one that comes to mind um, is the DMV. Now, I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm again. I apologize. That might be harsh to appraisers, but. Who's another type of of organization that's immune to performance standards and is too busy? The DMV, and we all hate it. We all hate going to the DMV because we know we're just another number to them. They they don't care about us. They don't need to provide good customer service to us. Uh, We're not the one that they answer to, but we're the one that they're serving. But they don't have any good reason to have our best interest in mind it's basically an honor system. We're hoping that we get the one person that's had a good day. We're hoping that we get the one person that actually cares about their job because we know that a lot of them don't. And that's the thing with appraisers. If you catch them on a bad day or if you catch one that doesn't have pride in their work, guess what? You're you're at their whim because they can do whatever they want, basically no accountability. Very little, again, I shouldn't say no accountability, but it is not a lot of accountability. It is less accountability than every other part of the real estate transaction, in my opinion. Um, now, again, I, I just want to make sure that we understand that there are a lot of good appraisers out there, and they're really uh, a lot of them. They're all working very hard right now, regardless of whether they're doing good work or not. They're all working their their tails off. Um, and I respect that. I know because I'm a realtor and I'm working my tail off. And by the way, I'm not sitting here and, and pretending like there are a lot of realtors that are doing poor work because they're too busy as well. Um, you know, it's hard for all of us to keep up with everything. Um, but, you know, as realtors, we have the, the good ones have processes in place in order to make sure that their business can expand and contract uh, depending on what part of the market it, it's in because we have seasonal business appraisers the their business is not as seasonal as us as realtors because I, I don't know how many appraisers there are in Greenville I'm guessing a few hundred whereas there are thousands of realtors so it's just a different appraisers unless the market gets really slow they always have work whereas realtors uh, the market can be a it can be a decent market and you as a realtor, um, still aren't super duper busy. That can happen. It's just a completely different type of of work, even though it's real estate oriented. It's a completely different type of work. So there are a lot of appraisers. Pretty much all of them are working hard right now. They're all trying to keep up, um, and a lot of them are are absolutely doing their best. But it's human nature uh, that even those with the highest standards of work when they're super duper busy, and when there's really no one holding them accountable, things are going to slip. That just happens. It, it happens among the best of us, okay? It happens among the best realtors. You can see it. I had a closing attorney um, that I've used uh, for several of my own personal transactions. I've dealt with them on a few different things recently. 
their business, their quality is slipping. I've heard this from multiple other people, and and I never thought that that would happen with them. And so weird things happen when people are busy, and so you have to keep that in mind. Um, appraisers are not immune to that. Uh, just like uh, on the flip side, they basically are immune to performance uh, standards and being held accountable. Um, they uh, are not immune to having their service slip, unfortunately. Um, so a few examples. You guys are probably curious, well, well what are you seeing out there? Um, well, I told a story a while back, the, the listing from hell. And that was, that was from uh, a few months ago at this point. That was from the spring. Um, and that was an example of where the appraiser uh, basically scheduled the appraisal for the same day. So she, you know, scheduled the appraisal for 4 p.m. and scheduled it at noon that day. Um, so like four hours before she was going out there, that was when she scheduled the appraisal for. Then she got out there, couldn't get into the property, told me that, um, you know, that she wouldn't be able to go back out for several weeks probably because she's, again, she's just way too busy. Um, and thankfully, this was an example of a good appraiser who listened to me and, and listen to my sob story about how we had been waiting and waiting and waiting. And it wasn't her fault, but it was the buyer's fault, which was not my client. Um, but the buyer had changed things so many different times. And my client, the seller, was just waiting and waiting and waiting. And here we were. We thought we had the appraisal in. And now the appraiser couldn't get into the property. Um, and, and again, everything was so last minute. Nobody was prepared for the appraiser to be there uh, because they scheduled it four hours before they were going to show up. And so um, that was a, a, a f- an example of here's an appraiser to me that's just kind of flying by the seat of her pants a little bit, but she redeemed herself because I was able to get my locksmith out there, get the property open for her, um, and she came back uh, on her way back from the other appraisal she had to do. She came back and did it on her way home. So she redeemed herself, but it wasn't an ideal circumstance by any stretch. Anyway, you can listen to that whole episode. That was just one small part of a wild ride that I had on on uh, on that listing that you can go back and listen to. Uh, I don't remember what episode number it is, but it's called The Listing from, uh, from Hell. Um, I had another one just recently. And, and by the way, some of you guys, I, I know some of you are, are listening to my podcast. You're going to hear your story on here. So I hope you enjoy that. I'm not going to, you know, mention any personal details, so you don't need to worry about that. Um, but I'm sure I'll get some people that are like, Hey, I recognize that that was my house. Um, I just had my lowest appraisal in terms of, uh, difference from the contract price to the appraisal price. Um, $49,000 lower than what we have it under contract for 49,000. This is not, uh, this this is basically ten percent of uh, of the total contract price. I've never had anything like that. And I asked the lender, "Hey, have you ever had anything like this?" He could only think of one other time. I asked my team leader, who's been in real estate for you know twenty something years, "Have you ever had something like this?" One time he could he could think of where he had a seventy thousand dollar low appraisal. But otherwise, they're usually you know low appraisals are typically usually ten fifteen thousand if that forty nine. Thousand and and let me tell you, this isn't an instance. Of course, there are instances where people overspend for a house. This is not one of those instances. This is a house that is 
a remodeled kitchen, remodeled bathrooms. Um, the comps that the appraiser used, the appraiser only used three comps. And we went back to him and, and showed him other comps. Said, you know, why are you only using these three comps? They were not good comps. One of them was a cash purchase above list price. Now, if you know anything about real estate, you know that most cash purchases are not above list price. Most cash purchases are either at or oftentimes below list price, even in this market. You know, I've had multiple cash buyers uh, the, you know, the past year, and there has, well, there was technically one that went above list price, but they went above list price by like $500 just to give them, you know, a potential competitive advantage because there were like 30 offers on this house. And guess what? 30 offers on that house, the cash buyer went 500 above list price. You know how many other offers were above list price? I think every, every other offer that they received was higher than my client's, but my client got it in large part because it was cash. So that is the trend. Other uh, other cash buyers that I've had the past year, while this market has been crazy, they've been able to get it even a little bit below list price in a market where uh, the past couple of months, things have been selling on average uh, above list price, which is the first time that's ever happened. Okay, in, in our market. Um, okay, so what do you think? was the case, if this was a cash purchase several thousand dollars above list price, that tells me that there were a bunch of offers, and you can look at this house and see it was underpriced. There had to have been a bunch of offers that were well above what it went under contract for that were financed, um, and because that would be the norm for that situation. Um, but guess what? We're penalized for that when that's used as a comp because the seller opted to go for a lower price with a cleaner cash offer. Okay, an appraiser doesn't care about that. I get it. But me as a realtor, I'm looking at that and I know exactly what happened. And it's like, you know what? That is a really frustrating comp to, to use. I get it. I know that, that some of that is anecdotal, but it's frustrating. Okay, now if that were just one of the comps and it's not that big of a deal, whatever. Um, by the way, that property, it it did not have nearly as nice of fixtures as the subject property. A lot of other things that I, I didn't like about it that the appraiser did not adjust for. Whatever. Another one of the comps that the appraiser used was clearly a fixer-upper home. Like You can look at it. You can see that the, the flooring is wavy. It looks like the flooring has moisture damage or something. You can see that the the kitchens and the bathrooms are we're not just talking about like not updated we're talking about ugly we're talking about these need to be completely like they are well below the standard for that neighborhood did the appraiser make adequate adjustments for those things no no not at all and and the appraiser did not make any adjustments for appreciation either we're appreciating right now on average about 1% per month no adjustments for appreciation, except with, with one comp that was an older comp, and it wasn't an appropriate adjustment. It was not an appropriate adjustment. So um, we got a very low appraisal, and, and the lender was just like, we, we all just laughed. I was talking to the, to the uh, banker about this, and he was just like, 
yeah, that that we can all look at that. That's just a bad appraiser uh, and a bad appraisal. And by the way, we sent him other comps, and he said, oh, no, those are too big or too small. But this is in a neighborhood that has a wide variety of, of home sizes, um, and, and the appraisal is designed to where you can make those adjustments. You can make adjustments based on the size of the property. Wouldn't do that. Would only look at uh, homes that basically the only thing he was looking at was the square footage of the home. He wasn't looking at the kitchens or the bathrooms. He wasn't looking at the the landscaping or anything. He wasn't looking at appreciation. He was only looking at the square footage. Okay, these homes are in the same neighborhood, similar square footage. What did they sell for? That is an awful way of doing your job, in my opinion. And uh, so the lender actually just ordered another appraisal, um, which is pretty rare, to be honest. Uh, just ordered another appraisal and um, and told me that they actually have, have terminated their relationship with that appraiser. They, they talked to another uh, realtor who does a lot of work in that area, um, knows a lot of the appraisers, and that realtor said, oh, yeah, that's the worst appraiser uh, in the area. And so um, they did a rare and kind of nuclear move of just terminating their relationship with that appraiser. Um, had another one recently. So, so really, that's my only like low appraisal that has been uh, like the big headache. Um, I don't get very many low appraisals. And if I do, we're kind of prepared for them. Um, and there have been a few situations where, where we have been prepared. Okay, this could be a low appraisal type of of situation what are the odds that it appraises low and what where is it going to fall and i always have that conversation with my clients on the front end so that we're all prepared for it this is the first one that really of my entire career that has been like surprisingly low low in a way that that we did not anticipate it and what does that tell you that tells you that um almost certainly that there was a quirk with the appraiser and the appraisal itself and and the appraiser was just when we approached him uh, about why it was so low he just dug his heels in and um there were there were mistakes on the appraisal as well that i caught he tried to explain the mistakes but didn't his explanations didn't make sense um so anyway it was just we decided to cut our losses and just move on from that guy let's just get a second opinion and we'll go from there. The second opinion might come in low, but I don't think it's going to come in any, anywhere near that low. Um, that might be another story for another day. We'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. Here's another one. So this one wasn't a uh, situation where an appraiser, uh, an appraisal came in dramatically lower than we expected, but it was a situation that it this just happened uh, where I had uh, a client under contract by our client uh, for a house that as soon as we went under contract, the house had some water damage that it got hit with. And basically, there was a leak upstairs, caused damage throughout the house. Um, homeowner's insurance claim had to be filed. They had to do water mitigation. They had to do a bunch of repairs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the lender recommended that we move forward with go ahead and, and keeping the appraiser on schedule to go out there and look at it. And obviously, when the appraiser sees all this damage... The they're they're still going to give the normal appraisal as if the home uh, was in good shape, but then they're going to have to go back out there and and perform a reinspection in order to ensure that those uh, repairs were done. Well, 
That was scheduled for this past Friday. The appraiser was supposed to go back out there and re-inspect on Friday. Well, I get a text from the lender while I'm out at another meeting saying, did the listing agent tell the appraiser that the repairs weren't done? And I was like, uh... Not that I'm aware of that, you know, and I've been in touch with the listing agent and he had literally just texted me that day a bunch of photos showing that all the repairs were done. And I'd actually walked through the house just a few days earlier and the repairs were like 99% done. There were just some very minor things like some shoe molding that was missing, some some very basic things that needed to be done. Um, so um, I was like, what happened? Uh, you know, I asked the lender, what what happened? And he said, the appraiser's not scheduled to go there, out back out there until the 29th. Well, guess what? We're supposed to close on the 30th. Um, that's really cutting it tight and probably not enough time for everyone to, to get their stuff together. Um, so I reached out to the listing agent. The listing agent, listing agent's like, no, I confirmed with the appraiser that uh, that as of Thursday, the repairs would be done. And he was like, I've actually got this all in text. So he sends me a, a copy uh, of the of a screenshot of the text message thread. And sure enough, there's the appraiser talking, uh, you know, scheduling it with the listing agent. And they said, um, we'll be out there on Friday. Referring to this past Friday, not this upcoming Friday, this past Friday. Um, and so there was a lot of back and forth that then ensued. And of course, then the appraiser was hard to reach. I couldn't reach them. I called them multiple times. The lender, of course, the lender can't call the appraiser directly. They have to call the appraisal management company. Listing agent reached out to them. We're basically being ghosted by this appraiser. Finally, we got a hold of them um, on the next day. And they actually admitted to the listing agent that they had just made a mistake. And guess what? This is what I'm saying. They are too busy. Of course, there's nothing we can do about that, but they're so busy. I think they just confused the house for another house. Um, and so thankfully, again, this is an example of an appraiser that redeemed themselves. They went out there yesterday and they completed their work. They got it done. I think in this case, they they took ownership. They actually admitted that they were wrong. They took ownership of that and they went back out there and and corrected you know, what could have really hurt the transaction potentially. I had another one, and, and this one was the most stressful out of all of them. Um, I had another one recently that was a very unique property. Um, it, it was a, a multifamily type of property, had a lot of unique features um, in terms of its location and, and, and various things. And guess what? Appraisers didn't want to take it. It took a long time for them to just get an appraiser to accept it. Because guess what? I just told you that appraisers are saying they're rejecting 5 to 10 appraisals per day. Well, which appraisals do you think they're rejecting? They're rejecting the ones that are hard. They're taking the easy ones. They're looking at the appraisals that are coming down. They're like, oh, that's a neighborhood that has a lot of comps. Oh, that's that's a house that looks like an easy one to comp. Um so that you get a unique property, a multifamily property, um, something that has unique features, and they're not getting paid a whole lot more, uh, if any more, in order to appraise that property. They're just going to pass over it. Give me the easy ones, right? And and again, I'm not making fun of appraisers for only wanting the easy work. Heck, I'd if I were getting paid the same thing to do easy and hard work, give me the easy work all day. I mean, that's just a, a very basic thing, particularly when you're as backed up as they are. Um, but we 
had a hard time. I, I think it was rejected eight different times before an appraiser um, finally took it on. Well, then, of course, it's multiple weeks before the appraiser actually gets out there. And so we had a date where the when the appraisal was supposed to come in. And, of course, this was combined with a listing agent that was completely out to lunch. I mean, this is a listing agent. He's the broker of his company. He was completely out to lunch the entire transaction. Not not fun to work with. He, he argued with me about the contract language, um, and he did not even know uh, the how the contract language worked. There was just a lot of different things there. Um, but uh, the day that we were supposed to get the appraisal back, I found out that the appraiser hadn't even been out there yet. I mean, we're supposed to have the report in. The appraiser was supposed to have been out there at least like a week earlier, right? The report's supposed to be in, and the appraiser hasn't even been to the property yet. Um, <laughs> so it turns out that he had been reaching out to the listing agent because it was it was uh, such that uh, it was set up so that because there are tenants in the property, it was set up so that the listing agent had to approve all uh, all showings and and all appointments. Well, the listing agent, because he was non-responsive, wasn't responding to the appraiser because the listing agent probably was also too busy, among other things. Um, and so the appraiser waited an entire week until the day his appraisal was due to let us know, to let the lender know um, that, and and the appraisal management company know that, oh, I haven't even been able to get out there yet, so I certainly won't have my report in today. Well, that was awful news to hear because this was already a difficult transaction based on what the seller was doing. The seller had a backup contract in place that was better than our contract. Weird situation overall, but they had a backup in place better than ours. So they were just playing hardball the whole time. And I was concerned if if we end up not being able to close on time, is this seller going to say, you know what? Forget it. I've got a better offer that can close in two weeks. You know, they had they revealed to me that they had a cash offer, so it could have closed in two weeks, um, and it was as is. And it, I, I believe that the agent, if I remember correctly, said it was above the price that we had under contract for. So they, if we didn't close on the contractual closing date, they may have had some very compelling reasons to just at that point say, you know what, we're moving on from this one and going on to one of our backup contracts. And so I was on pins and needles. We need this appraisal to come in. Um, and so we were able to, between uh, me and the, and the lender, we were able to get that appraiser into that property on that day. Um and that was a that was actually a Thursday, if I if my memory serves me. Um, and uh, so then we need the uh, the actual appraisal in by Monday. And thankfully, uh, the lender was Southern First. Southern First is really nimble in terms of being able to handle things last second. Um, but you know that's within reason, right? So uh, the appraiser you know, needs to get his appraisal in really I, I over the weekend. We're supposed to be closing Monday morning. Um, so I called the, once I got confirmation on Friday that the appraiser had been out there, I called the appraiser and spoke to him and his wife, who is his scheduler. 
which is actually kind of common in the appraisal world, interestingly. Um, I spoke to him. It was just like, hey, just so that you know, we're closing this Monday morning. Um, it would be, I, I know that you're really busy, but is there any way that you can can crank this appraisal out and get it over to them over the weekend? And, um, the, uh, and you know, I'd given him the address and everything. The appraiser didn't even remember this property. He didn't even remember the property. He had just been out there like 12 hours earlier, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe 18 hours earlier. And it was a unique property. And that just blew my mind. I was like, these guys, they can't even remember the properties that they were at the day before. Maybe there was some senility going on there or something. I don't know. But I took it as this guy is way, way too busy. Um, And so finally, I jogged his memory. He's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, All right. So um, you're you're closing when? Oh, okay. 10 a.m. on Monday. Okay. Uh, hey, honey, that 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 uh, multifamily property, they, they're closing Monday morning. Are we able to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll get it done. That's that's what he said to me. Um, so I was like, okay, all right, that's good. He said he'll get it done. Well, we decided, okay, this is probably going to be the kind of thing where we need to give ourselves a little bit more time on Monday. So we... we kicked the the closing to 1 p.m. on Monday to make sure that we had the morning because, you know, banks aren't open over the weekends and and all of that as well. So um, even if he got it to us over the weekend, it wouldn't be reviewed until Monday morning anyway. Well, guess what? It didn't come in Saturday. It didn't come in Sunday. And here we are, Monday morning, hours before closing, and we still don't have the appraisal. Now, Southern First did a great job. They got everything teed up so that they were ready to rock and roll when that appraisal came in they could review it crank it out get it done um we come to 10 o'clock no appraisal 11 o'clock no appraisal uh my client is asking me should we go to the attorney's office and i'm just like i have no idea i I have no idea whether you should even go to the closing attorney um and so um I talked to the lender and we just decided, you know, hey, let's let's try to find a later time. Give this appraiser some more time. He said he, uh, there was some communication with him and I guess he said he was working on it. Um, but again, we're all multiple degrees removed and I don't want to bug the appraiser because if he is working on it, well, if he isn't working on it, we're in trouble anyway, right? If, it doesn't matter if I bug him. If he is working on it, then I don't want to distract him with phone calls. So, uh, so that puts me in a weird spot where I'm just, you know, waiting on, again, on pins and needles. Uh, so, so the, the closing attorney has a 3 p.m. slot available. Okay. So we bumped the time to 3 p.m. Um, the appraisal came in at noon. It came in at 12 o'clock. And of course, now there is a possibility that appraisal could have been low. And now I didn't think that that was going to happen. That, that, really would have shocked me in this instance, but that is always a possibility. It came in at noon. Now it has to go through uh, the review process and has to be approved by underwriting and all of that. Thankfully, Southern First cranked it out. And I mean, we had it. It was, we're not even talking about the 11th hour. Like it's the 59th minute of the 11th hour. 
we got them to the closing table. We got everything signed, sealed, delivered, good to go. Thank you. Thank you, appraisers, for making every step of the process as stressful as possible. Every step. There's not a single part of this from scheduling to uh, producing the report to going back for reinspections to providing the, the appropriate value. Literally every step in the process has been difficult. And I feel bad, again, that they are so busy, but we've got to... Uh, We've got to find a solution for this. There's got to be more accountability. I don't have those solutions. Um, I don't know what the answer to that is outside of, you know, finding ways to get to get more appraisers here in the upstate of South Carolina in order to uh, ease up some of the issues with with uh, supply and demand. Um, get more supply of appraisers in order to be able to handle how much demand there is for them. Um, but nonetheless, that is where we are at. Appraisers have gone wild. We're doing our best to work with them, but it is a major factor going into a transaction. How is the appraisal going to go? And, and in the past, that used to be with regard to price. Now it's regard to every aspect of the uh, appraisal process has just become difficult. Um, and so be prepared for that. Whether you're a buyer or a seller, be prepared. This is the way the market is right now. We all just have to do our best. Um, this is why it's really important to work with a good lender. A good lender, um, particularly a local one, they will step in and do um, what they need. I mean, that one, that example that I just gave, that um, if, if I and the lender hadn't done the work that we did, that whole deal might have blown up. It, I, my hunch is that it would have, it would have blown up, um, had we not stepped in. And so that's the important, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but that's the important part of having a good realtor, having a good local lender. It can be the difference between a transaction that happens and a transaction that falls apart. That's it for today's episode. A little bit longer than I planned, but lots of storytelling. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. We had some insane flooding yesterday. Um, I'm recording this on Tuesday, July the 27th. Yesterday, we had some crazy flooding up at the airport. It was wild. Um, but uh, it looks like a nice nice day. Hopefully, the rest of the week is nice. Um, and I hope you guys stay safe and enjoy the rest of the time, the last few weeks that we have of summer. <laughs>